Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jamie Baines. Today's guest is author, mother, and wife, Christine Blevins. Christine is one of the authors I follow on Instagram, and I have a link to her book on my website. Recently, Christine posted a few paragraphs on her page about women's body, positivity, and sexuality. I reached out to her to see if she'd be willing to do a podcast episode to talk about her post, and even though she said she was nervous, she agreed. Take a listen to our interview and let me know what you think. And welcome back to the podcast. I'm Jamie Baines. Today we're talking with Christine Blevins. Um, Christine, you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Can you uh, tell Thank us a little bit? Thank you for of, having me. You're welcome. Now you're an <laughs> author, correct? Yes. What do you? Um, what have you written, and what do you like to write about? Um, I my first novel that I published in May was a romance novel. It was a contemporary romance. And in the past, that's what I gravitated towards writing. Um, lately, my work in progress currently is a paranormal romance. So it's still got the same elements, but with a little bit more um, paranormal added to it. And how long have you been writing for? Oh, um, I started writing the novel that I published in May in 2018. But I've been writing novels short stories for myself since I can remember. And did you, are you an avid reader as well? Yes. I think I, like most people, I go through slumps where I don't read very much and the other times when it's all I can think of. Um, right now I'm definitely reading constantly, but I would consider myself an avid reader. And is that what kind of turns you on to actually writing a book? Yes. I love the feeling of getting so in deep with a book that because when I'm reading, I see the whole picture. I know some people don't, but for me, it's like watching a movie. And so sometimes I get this feeling like I want to experience something. And it feels so empowering that I can write it myself and put myself wherever I want to be. And did was it hard for you to write your first book? Did it kind of flow out of you? Oh, yeah. I think it was because it was really easy. Um I wasn't anticipating ever doing anything with it. Uh -huh. um, I'm just, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and so sometimes, whenever I had free time, um, I would just write a little bit here and there. So, like I said, it took two years, and I had two children in between. So, um, yeah, but it came pretty easily when I sat down to do it. And then how much, so you, I know you said you had two kids. I'm so, I'm sure. I have three. Oh, three. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure time is at a premium. How do you find time to write? Do you have to make yourself sit down there and write? Sometimes. Um, yeah, with three kids in the beginning when I had just the first two, I for sure did not make myself a priority ever. Um, but you get burnt out like that. So I started making my mornings mommy time because the kids just wake up they're okay watching the show and having their breakfast and just relaxing i can have an hour or two to sit down and either edit or write or organize myself for the day so that's usually how i do it. i usually get from between seven to maybe nine where i can do whatever i need to do as far as writing or getting ready for the day and does the setting aside the time for the writing does it does it stress you out to have to, okay i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta do this or is it is the writing like a um it's kind of an escape for you I, I think it depends on the day i think when i'm doing it just for fun it's fully an escape but when i get towards like the end of something i start getting that like that feeling like i need to finish this i need to get to the end of it because 
you know, I've been working on it for so long, and then when you taste the end of it, it just feels like <laughs> I like it that you take. You're right because when you take, you can yeah. taste. You can actually taste the end of it, and then you want to yes. just roll through it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's and that's exactly how it is for me. So for like the major part of it, I'm like just breezing through, and everything's fine. But then I get towards the last like two or three chapters, and I feel like I'm like I'm very needy to finish it. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you do, is it like, um, is it just a like a breath of fresh air? I know editing is a pain in the butt a lot of yes. times. Do you do your yes. own editing, or do you have somebody do it for you? I do the first edit myself. I obviously I finish it, and then I go through and I just do like a quick edit of just like you know fi- fixing quotation marks and things like that. Um, and then I'll go through it again as you know if I find plot holes as I'm editing. Uh-huh. Um, and then I actually have someone who will read it through for me as I go, like a beta reader. And, but they'll also call me if they find something that they think should be changed or different. So um, I don't do it alone, but I don't hire anyone to help me yet. Maybe in the future. (laughs) I know. Isn't it it crazy? Because I remember when I wrote my first novel, I thought it was just fantastic. And then somebody else read it and they're like, "Uh, you've got like... (laughs) a million typos on every page yes oh my gosh it's horrifying because i my first book and i know i heard people say that like oh you're going to publish this book and you're going to think it's the most beautiful piece of art you've ever created <laughs> and then a couple years later you'll be like this really actually sucks <laughs> and it's, 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 it's terrible isn't it <laughs> i'm so embarrassed i look back and my my um dialogue is effed up and i need to i really need to go back and redo it and republish it but because I'm working on something right now, I don't have time to do both. So it's kind of just sitting out there mocking me. But people are still buying it. <laughs> and nobody has complained it's about mocking it. So. You. That's a, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> because yeah, I, I hate reading a book with typos and I'm like, man, what is wrong with this author? And then you look yes. at your own stuff, it's like, well, now I know what's wrong with this author. Exactly. They were just trying to finish the darn book, you know? <laughs> I, d- I like mocking. That's that is your exact. Just sitting there, just looking yeah. at you, making fun of you. <laughs> now yeah. you're on Instagram as well, and I reached yes. out to you because of one particular post that you did recently, and yes. I was wondering if you could read that and kind of let me know where that's coming from because I thought that was a very very important post, especially today. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't mind, do would you mind just reading it? Yeah, no, I can do that. Okay. Okay. All right. I wrote. Um, Why do we encourage young women to cover up their sexuality? Why is virtue considered to be so important? Most importantly, why do we do this and act shocked when the 27-year-old version of that same woman is shattered and rebuilt when she finally realizes that she can be whoever the fuck she wants? The idea that a woman's sexuality must surely only be meant for someone besides them to enjoy is sickening. Men are not taught to hide things they find attractive about themselves. They are encouraged to display them and to be proud. When it comes to women, society covets and praises the idea that the most beautiful women have no idea that they are beautiful. Why does me looking in the mirror and feeling strong and sexy make it any less true? We tell young girls to cover up, save yourself for marriage, be modest, but why? The idea of telling my daughter to save her body for a man is unimaginable. She belongs to herself and no one else, regardless of her choice to get married or not. I am married and still my body belongs to me. Women are taught to act as if we have no idea that we're complex creatures. We're taught to receive compliments modestly and never be loud about our own accomplishments. Fuck that. 
I'll do everything that I can to let every woman I know that their worth is solely determined by themselves and to take the damn selfie. Dress up and dance in front of a mirror and revel in it because you are a goddess who owes nothing to anyone. Stop stifling your power. And if you're worried that this may hurt you in relationships, don't. The sexiest men and women are the ones who see how powerful you are. And rather than stop you from showing it, they point to you and they say, that's the woman I love. Amazing. And where, where did that come from? Did something trigger that for you to say that? Or had you been thinking it? Had something specifically happened? Because it's, it's I think every woman needs to hear that. Well, thank you. Um, no, nothing specific really triggered it for me. I think it's just, I, I know that there's such a differing opinion about the feminist movement. Um, some people think it's too much. Some people think that we should go back to the way things were because everything was so great and people were so happy. But the truth is women in the fifties weren't, ha weren't didn't behave the way they did because they were happy. They behaved that way because they had no other choice. And I feel like that's something that gets lost as the time goes by because our grandmothers and great grandmothers, they just did what they were expected to do. And while they were probably still able to find happiness in between things, I just feel like women as a whole have missed out on so much. And as a woman myself, I'm 29. When I turned 27, like I said in my post, it was like this awakening, like, who am I? What am I doing with myself? What am I going to be? What do I want to see and do? And I spent a huge portion of my, my younger years and as a teenager trying so hard to be this picture of like a soft and quiet girl. I really, really enjoyed like when people would think that I was um, a goody goody. Like that to me was a compliment because it meant that I was being pure and I was being feminine. And I, it's something I've noticed with my daughter and my sons. I have a girl and two boys. And the way people react to them is so different. Um, if my daughter acts rowdy, she's being disruptive. But if my son acts rowdy, he's just being a boy. Why is um, that? Why do you think people look at it that way? I don't know. I know that there's, not to be like um, technical, but I know there's, there's obviously some developmentally different things between boys and girls. Um, but I don't know. And I, so I encourage my daughter and I, some people think that she's being sassy with me and she is. And how old is your daughter? So people know. She's six. Okay. So, uh, but I allow her to question me and I allow her to tell me how she feels. And in, it might irritate me in the moment because she's so much like me, <laughs> but, but I freaking love it because it's, I don't want her to ever think that she has to take the advice of someone blindly. I don't want her to think she has to do anything because she's a woman. I want her to know that she is 100% in control of her body and her what she wants to do with herself. Were you raised that way or is, I mean, or is no. This, okay, <laughs> no. No, okay. <laughs> well. And not a dig at your parents, but just, I was no. just, you know, just, just the, the way kind of thing it, it has been. Well, with my mom, one thing that she definitely did from the very start was make sure she always had me like say daily affirmations. And like, you know, 30 years ago, people weren't like teaching their kids that as much. And mm -hmm. so she would have me say, my name is, my maiden name is Davis. And she would say, my name is Christine Davis and I deserve the best. And really? She'd have you say that every day? Almost every day. And every time I would get nervous, she would have me say it. And so she was always feeding, she was feeding this 
positive energy into me and it makes a difference and she didn't and as far as like sexuality and things like that i was never i was raised christian loosely but i was never i was never made to fit the mold of that as far as like virginity and things like that my mom never made me feel like i had to protect it for someone but she always made it very clear that i should be mindful of how i handle it and having that freedom i knew was such a big deal because the other people around me the other kids my age they were hiding so much from their parents because they were told that it was wrong and that they shouldn't be doing these things um which i could clearly see didn't work mm -hmm. so but yeah my mom was very um she was very empowering she wanted me to be empowered as a woman and as a person as a girl um my dad never really had much to say about anything he was um he's retired military so he was working most of the time but my um my mom definitely tried to make sure that i knew that i was worthy of whatever i wanted and why do you think your mom came to be that way because do you think she was raised differently and she didn't want the same necessarily for her yes. daughter so she exactly yes she was definitely she was um the second youngest of i think five kids um, and but and she was like an oopsie child, so there was like ten years between her and her older. <laughs> and that's probably a, a really a technical term because it's used often. So he's an oopsie child. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she was. They were not expecting to have any more no, kids. Okay, ten years. That, yeah. is, that is that is a good yeah. size difference. <laughs> yeah, and it. So she was she was born in the '60s, and her parents had a much more hands off approach. Um. And I think she didn't realize, I, I'm even, it's, it's, it's a wonderful thing for me to see my mom now because it makes me emotional because she is such a wonderful, strong woman. And, but she was never taught to feel strong. Like she was never allowed to feel strong and powerful and that her words matter and that what she thinks matters. So I, she's now at, you know, same time as me going through this whole idea of relearning that we don't have to be meek to be valuable and we don't have to be quiet to be um agreeable or you know it's so it, she's going through that too right now and i really love that she knows that she doesn't have to go along with the flow anymore do you think it's gotten better in as, as far as media um or just the way that women are are presented or worse, or is it the same? Or what? Do you, what is your take now on the current state of affairs for the way women are portrayed in the media, um, maybe mm -hmm. in elsewhere? Um, I definitely think that things have gotten a lot better. I love that someone can't just say whatever they want about the relationship with a woman, and the media can't just run with it because they will be. They have to take accountability now a lot more than they used to, and I think that I think that gives them women a little little bit higher level of safety. Um, especially as far as, um, like physical features of a woman. I remember growing up, there would be all these magazines of these women in bathing suits and the most unflattering photos they could possibly take. And I remember looking at that and thinking, oh my God, like, I cannot look like that. I do not want to look like that. So it instilled fear. And so we, that's like another layer of control. It's just like, you have to look a certain way, talk a certain way, be a certain way. And they're showing you pictures of exactly what you don't want to be. Um, and I see now, though, there's a lot more like body positivity and people are 
they're more open to like women directors and women writers and being a stay-at-home mom doesn't necessarily mean I sit at home and you know change diapers and knit all day long like Mm -hmm. people are seeing more value in women jobs and positions how do you think think it's a lot better how do you yeah how do you think we got to that point where the um that now we're finally starting to see strong women for who they are is it just so much work being done and breaking down the barriers and just you know putting yourself out there yeah i think i think what happened is women got tired of being seen as the lesser sex. I think women got tired of pretending that it, the structure that we had was okay. Um, and I think it's amazing. I think it takes some serious guts because even even me, I live in the South and a lot in, in this area, there's a lot more of traditional values like God first, then your husband, then your family, then yourself. And so for me, when I talk about like feminism, they just, I, I don't always get the best response or the most open response. So, um, and is that from men and women both or mainly from men? Yes. Oh, okay. From both. It's actually really surprising because you'd be surprised how many women in more conservative areas are much less open to the idea of women leaders. And, um, that's, that can be very, very frustrating because I'm not necessarily, I'm not saying that men should never be able to lead and men should not do anything. I'm just saying that women should also be there too. And are these um, women the same part. age as you, the same women? Who, yes. Okay. So they're having the same age, same generation, mm-hmm. but completely mm-hmm. different viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's the area. I think, I don't know how the whole South is. I'm obviously in Virginia like you, but mm-hmm. um, it's, I don't know. A lot of the people in my area, they, it's they're still, they're still a little behind. So sometimes when I speak, I feel like they think I'm ex- like at eccentric ideas. But I don't know. I don't. It's not. It doesn't stop me. <laughs> well, moving forward, where would you like to see? Obviously, you want to see op- women moving forward and mm-hmm. better. What what else needs to change? Do you think we're going in the right direction? But if you had your say in it, if you could you know, wave a, a wand or your hand or whatever, mm-hmm. where would women be? Oh, my gosh. Well, I think we're already getting so close. I think we're getting so close to where we need to be. And I think one of the biggest things that needs to change, maybe not necessarily as far as women leading, but in just, like, daily life for women in general, I think women should they should be able to feel safer, And I feel like once women feel safer in general, I feel like they will have much more power to, to seek out higher goals and to do different things. And I think, um, like as far as the idea that women are responsible for how people respond to them, I mean, that's completely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I'm not responsible for how someone, you know, responds to me when they see me, Mm -hmm. but we still, we still put that pressure on the woman to be responsible for not only how they look and how they dress, but how everybody else around them is going to feel when they see how they look and dress. Um, but yeah, I think, I think the best, it would be great to have more women leadership. Um, I, I, I just think, I, I think people get the wrong idea that women only, I don't know. Like, there's such a difference between men and women, but truly there's really not that much of a difference 
it's just, I feel like it's time to see a little bit more from women than we have in the past. But I think we're getting there. I feel like it's, things are changing for the better. Especially women like you standing up and saying that. Um, well, thank you. Yeah, definitely. And just, you know, just, that's why I said, that's why your post uh, struck me so much because uh-huh. it's, ra- I guess it's kind of rare that you see a post like that. And maybe it's just, for the um the followers that I follow, but mm-hmm. again again that I don't, do you see many posts like that one that you put out there? I do not. I have seen some in the past. Um, and you know what? Now that I think about, it, I don't know why I felt so comfortable to post it because I think you're right. I don't see very many, <clears throat> but um, I don't know. I feel like I think it would be nice, and I think but the response that I got not just from you, but a bunch of other women commented on it or messaged me. And um, it feels nice to have a woman, especially a woman that you can relate to, mm-hmm. stand up for you, even if it's in a small way, like a little post. Because um, I think I think women are a lot more inclined to get behind each other and society makes us feel like we are. So things like posting thing, uh, things like that on Instagram or wherever... It, I think it has a ability to bring more women together and not just women, but other people who are like-minded. And so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that even though I was nervous, I still posted it. I, I think it's great because a lot of times you see that um, social media um, it, it is, and it can be very, very toxic, but on the other <laughs> end of the spectrum, posts like yours and other people can boost people up. And that's what I think we need more of less of the toxic yes. mob, bullying stuff, and more of the gentle mob boosting each other up is what I think. I agree. I completely agree. Thank you very much for being on the podcast. Um, I hope you come back and talk to us some (laughs) more. I'll be monitoring your posts to see what really strike me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you very much. All right. You take care of yourself. All right. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it, guys. So what do you think of Christine's interview? I was raised by a single mom with two sisters, so I know how strong women are. And, like Christine, I was also raised in the South. I think her views and advice for girls and women are right on point, even though you don't seem to see many posts like hers on social media. And here's the thing about social media platforms like Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Despite all the reports of online bullying, Twitter mobs, etc., it's easy to forget that there are a lot of good people out there who want to connect with each other and spread good news and positive vibes. Christine is obviously one of those people. It's a shame that many in the media or corporate America seem to be influenced by negative and toxic social media as opposed to the more positive people out there. But if it bleeds, it leads, and no one has ever accused executives in large corporations of being benevolent or sympathetic to regular, everyday people. So let's look out for each other and take care of one another, and ignore the idiots that want to tear us apart. Thanks for listening.